This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. Super Bowl week brings a scoop podcast episode 125. Also, because it's Super Bowl week, I had to get the Super Bowl of guests when it comes to regulars on the scoop podcast. So we'll get to Wolves guard Jamal Crawford in just a second. We have Von Miller to get to as well. I had a conversation with Von Miller one-on-one for a few minutes at the Mall of America on Thursday. Same goes for former Gopher and current Falcons linebacker. Devondre Campbell. I also had a conversation this week with longtime Eagles radio voice, Merrill Reese. But first, some love for the sponsor of the Scoop Podcast. It is Skoll Marketing. They are a business-to-business marketing agency. They specialize in working with local small businesses. They, too, are a locally owned small business company. They are started by two former Google employees to help take the little guys to that next level. They work with businesses in web development, pay-per-click advertising, social media management, and so many more areas. Let's make Google work for you. If you're a small business owner, you want to utilize Skoll Marketing. SkollMarketing.com online for more information or call now to schedule your free 30-minute consultation, 612-787-SKOLL. 612-787-SKOLL. It's Skoll Marketing online again. It's SkollMarketing.com. All right, let's get to Jamal Crawford. Jamal, always appreciate your contributions to the podcast. Let's start with Black History Month, your involvement with Black History Month, and what it means to you as we now are into the month of February. Yeah, it means everything to me. Uh, Obviously, uh, you know, growing up and learning so much about it, seeing all the uh, powerful, not just African-American leaders, but leaders of our country, learning more about uh, people like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., you know, and just seeing what they stood for. Right now in the times we're in, it's even more important to, to know your history and, and kind of uh, learn more about it and just where we want to go, you know. So I'm, I'm really, really excited about it and hopefully start off with a win. And did I hear right that you're a part of a Timberwolves-related essay contest? Yes, I am. I, I absolutely am. I am president, uh, and we're, we're going to pick uh, some of the best essays out there from these kids to see uh, what it means to them, you know, and just hear their views. And I'm very, very excited about it because, like I said, growing up one way and it's different times now to see what's important to them and see what's on their minds and hearts. So I'm excited about it. All right, full disclosure, we're taping this before the Bucks game on Thursday night. You and I went back and forth via text at like 2.15. What is your pregame routine? Because to me, I think a lot of guys are taking a nap at 2.15, but you got right back to me. Do you take a nap pregame? No, I absolutely do. I have to. I can't get on the court and function if I don't take a nap. I've tried it before. So uh, that's part of my daily routine, you know, getting lunch, getting a nap in, getting back up and and getting towards it. So, uh, yeah, I've already done that part of it and was able to to squeeze this in. So we're excited about tonight. Are you guys ready to bounce back after the two losses this week? Yeah, I think so. Get back in front of your home fans. The, the schedule has been crazy. There's no excuses, but it's just been crazy. Uh, I'm not sure I've ever been a part of anything like that. I think we've flown the most miles of any team in the league. So uh, be able to get back in front of our home fans for a couple of days is always good. I'm with you, Jamal. I mean, you guys play in Atlanta on Monday. Then you have to pass through customs. You go Atlanta to Toronto. Toronto didn't play on Monday. They are well-rested. I mean, that had schedule loss. I'm not a big believer in schedule losses. But if there ever was such a thing as a schedule loss, it was you guys playing in Toronto on Tuesday. Yeah, that probably would fit right into it. Uh, and, and 
give credit to them. They're they're playing terrific and they're having a heck of a year. Uh, but definitely, you know, you you want to see things uh, a little bit more, and I guess on an even playing field. But everybody goes through it, you know. So they'll they may go through it at some point, and uh, you know, you try to do it the best way you can. What happened at the end of the Atlanta game? It looked like you were trying to check in at one point. You thought you were going into the game, but then Tibbs didn't have you go into the game. Yeah, that's what it was. I, I think uh, I was going to check in, and, and Tibbs saw something different, you know, or maybe had a different thought. I didn't even ask. You know, I was trying to get out of there with a win. So, uh, you know, we checked it, and, and Taj went in, and uh, we went that route. I mean, being the competitor you are, though, thinking you're going in, who knows? You might be taking a big time shot there. Does that frustrate you when you think you're going in crunch time and you're not in the game? Well, any competitor wants to get out there. You know, that's just that's part of it, you know, especially uh, being in those situations and kind of coming through over the course of my life. But um, it's, it's always team first. So, you know, I try to get Taj to, up to speed as quick as possible about what we're doing. and We're just hoping for the best, hoping we get out there to win. Jamal, I saw the note last week. You had a game where you had, I think, 21 points. You now have scored 20 or more points 183 times off the bench. What is the key to that? I mean, that's an absurd number to score that many points when coming off the bench. Yeah, uh, I think just being locked into the game. You know, I think uh, obviously preparing pretty well and then knowing being in position. I think you have to be in position to be able to do those things. I've had some great coaches great teammates over the years who make my job a whole lot easier, you know, because it's, honestly it's really, really tough to come off the bench and, and have an impact like we talked about, you know, with them knowing exactly what you're coming off the bench to do. So uh, I give kudos to, to my teammates and coaches over the years for sure. With the All-Star game coming up, correct me if I'm wrong, you've never made an All-Star game? No, never, never. I always felt there was two or three out there that uh, I had a really strong case, but there's always, uh, you know, a guy or two who is very deserving uh, who – probably isn't going to make it. Lou Williams kind of going through that this year. Mm-hmm. you know. But uh, there's so many great players in the league, and I always thought maybe a couple of times I could have really been in there. and uh, It didn't happen, but I'm kind of over it at this point because I know there's so much that goes into it and the different ways they kind of go about choosing that. Is there one year in particular that stands out above the rest where you really thought you would make it? Uh, yeah, I would say my first year six man. We were third in the East at that time. And uh, I was averaging 18 or over 18 off the bench. And that's the thing, both times were off the bench. So you could put me starting having those same numbers and they look at you a little bit differently. But since you're off the bench, they're like, oh, well, if somebody started on a team that's averaging 16, you know, and he did. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's like you're burning the candle on both sides because you're asking to sacrifice, you know, for the better of the team, but then you penalize the person for doing that as well. And mm-hmm. some of those things. I learned that over the years. And I didn't think about that. To start in my first year in uh, in L.A., uh, they actually had me like Charles, and you know they make the teams Charles and Shaq and all those guys, Chris Webber. A couple of those guys had me on their list. We were fighting for number one in the whole league the night they selected, and I was averaging about 17. And I was first in fourth quarter scoring. Uh, I thought that year was definitely a strong year as well. We're just a few days past the 11-year anniversary of you scoring 52 points as a Nick at the Garden against Miami. You scored 52 points in 39 minutes? That's ridiculous, Jamal. <laughs> well, it's even more ridiculous because I missed my first four shots. Did you really? And I just said, what? Yeah, I did. Yeah, and <laughs> even one of them was a dunk. I missed my first four shots, and then I went over a stretch for about two, two and a half quarters where I didn't miss a shot, and I made 16 in a row. And I had 52 and with seven minutes left in the game. And when they threw in the towel and kind of pulled out Dwayne Wade because we were playing the Heat, and they just won the championship the year before. 
uh, when they did that, uh, Isaiah Thomas, my coach at the time, pulled me out. So we both had stayed in. I easily would have had over 60 for sure. Yeah, I mean, Isaiah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he pulls you out. I mean, do you politic? Do you say, Isaiah, come on. I mean, as much as, you know, nah. it makes some sense to pull me out, <laughs> let me get to 60? No, at that time, my career high was 50. So I think once I hit 52, he was like, hey, he hit his career high, you know, and we're up. You know, I don't want to be greedy. Show class to the game, I, I guess, and you definitely have to do that. So it was, I was, I was happy, you know, and, and it just is what it was. The NBA lost a family member this week. How close were you to Rasul Butler? Yeah, that that hurt. That one really hit home. I I know him on a personal level. We spent time together, uh, and he was. And I knew his wife, uh, not like I knew him, but just you know, we were both in Seattle. She went to a high school in the city, so it was, it was like it really, really hit close to home. Those are two wonderful people. And I said it on Twitter, like I know it's cliche to say hey, this is, he's such a good person. This, but he was really, really a good person. So that one, that one hurt. He's so young. I just saw him this summer again at the Big Three when I went and watched that in Seattle. So, yeah, that one hit close to home for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking, I mean, you know, he's just a little bit older than you. I'm sure you've driven the same road, you know, that he was driving the other night when his car crashed. I mean, yeah, I mean, you think about it, it's it's very much, you know, close to home when it comes to, to you and him. Yeah, it definitely is. And just knowing him and always interacting with him, always positive, always full of wisdom and knowledge. And he just always wanted to see people succeed and, and, and reach their best. And he was genuinely happy when people did that for themselves. So he was always about others. And I just, it, that one really hurt. The NBA trade deadline is a week from today. You think you guys do anything? I have no idea. That that conversation is well over my pay grade, but uh, <laughs> I, I, think we're, I think we're good. I really do. I think uh, we're pretty set. We have just about everything you would want on a team. Obviously, you know, no team is perfect, and you always try to improve uh, when you can, but I'm not sure that we'd do anything drastic to do that. So we'll see what happens. There were a couple free agents to hit the market this week, or Tony Allen will soon. I mean, with the buyouts, you know, whether it's Tony Allen or Greg Monroe or somebody else, maybe that's the route you guys go. You know, sign one of these guys that gets bought out. Maybe, maybe, you know, and uh, I'm sure those guys upstairs always have a plan. They always have something, uh, you know, different ways for us to better our team, and they're always looking at something. So you never know what's in play. I mean, what could you guys use the most? I mean, I know you say you guys are good, but you can always use some level of help. I mean, do you guys need, even with you, more shooting, wing depth? Do you need some more help, you know, inside, whether it's, you know, rebounding, you know, blocking shots, altering shots? Yeah, I'm I'm really not sure. You know, at this point in the season, I'm not sure how much that person will play. You know, just being honest, I'm not sure. Like, we've been together the whole year. You know, in Tibbs, he really – stays true to what he does. So I'm not sure how much that will happen. It would be more of a locker room presence. You know, who knows what they're thinking and what they're looking for. But uh, if that were to happen and we brought in somebody, we would welcome open arms for sure. Why does it seem like, Jamal, the offense flows better when Tyus Jones is in the game at point guard compared to Jeff Teague? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I think we play two different styles. I, I think, uh, I know as a group, the second unit, we try to have our own identity, you know, within. We try to play a little bit faster. We try to get up and down more. We try to uh, generate points that way as well. You know, starters, they have a lot of uh, scoring talent and scoring ability. And they, so we're kind of top-heavy, you know. So with that, uh, they play a different style than we want to play. You know, so I'm not sure. You know, Tyus has, has definitely made a jump. He's, he's definitely improved. Uh, and I think people are seeing now he's a real player in the league. He has a bright, bright future. Uh, Jeff, been an all-star, but, you know, he's, 
one of the one of the, he's one of the top guards out there on the market, you know, and uh, Jeff's been unbelievable in helping Tyus as well. So we're all pulling for each other, and we don't look at it like that. We just look at it like whoever's uh, helping that night to try to get the win. I was bonding with your good friends Greg and Nicole Jennings the other day. Nicole told me she thought you guys were getting a team suite for the Super Bowl on Sunday. Is that right? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that at all. You know, it's the Super Bowl. So things have been kicked around. But I'm not sure exactly which route, you know, we're going to go with that. Are you going to any of the parties the next few nights? Oh, no. No parties for me. No parties for me. And this is the first time I think I've ever been in a place where a Super Bowl is happening. So I, I was kind of oblivious to all the, you know, the, the, the partying and everything else that comes with it. So, yeah, no partying for me. Do you have some friends in the NFL? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially the Seahawks. Uh, really tight with uh, Sherman and, and Cam Chancellor and uh, Bobby Wagner. Earl Thomas, but uh, Marshawn Lynch as well. So those are probably the tightest guys I'm with. I'll let you go after this, Jamal. Whether it's Boogie Cousins, I mean, heck, he was supposed to be here playing with New Orleans this weekend. You know, John Wall, Kevin Love. I mean, all these all-stars getting hurt. You hate to see it. Oh, you hate you hate to see all-stars, 15 guys. I hate to see anybody getting hurt. Like, it's just because I know all the work that goes into it behind the scenes just to be out there preparing to play and all the things you – you do your body and all the, the extra time that you put in to take care of yourself. And then to have stuff like freak kind of things happen, it's just so frustrating. You know, so I feel sorry for all those guys. And I hope they all come back better and stronger than ever. One more thing hit me, actually. On First Avenue in front of Target Center, there's some ice sculptures, I guess, of Carl Anthony Towns, Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins. But no Jamal Crawford. What's going on? Oh, well, my whole career has been under the radar to me, so I have no problem with it. I just buy under the radar. Do my job, go home, hang with my family and, and kids, and that's it. Jamal, we always appreciate your contributions to the podcast. Kick some ass tonight against the Bucks. No Eric Bledsoe from Milwaukee. You guys got to get some revenge on the Bucks, and then you get New Orleans on Saturday. All right, thanks a lot. Appreciate it, Darren. Okay, take it easy, Jamal. Bye-bye. I always love talking to Jamal. Could talk to him for hours. Let's do this. I've got some notes. I've got a note on Amir Coffee, some Twins notes, some Wolves notes, but let me get some of these conversations out of the way from this week at Mall of America. None of them are overly long. Let me start with Von Miller, won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago with the Denver Broncos. Heck, wasn't he just the MVP of the Pro Bowl last week? One of the best defensive players in the NFL right now. I had a chance to go one-on-one with Von Miller on Thursday. By the way, I should note that the hook on Von is he was doing a promotional appearance at the mall for Old Spice. So I started with the obligatory question about Old Spice, then we talked some football. Being the extrovert that you are when Old Spice says, hey, we need you to dress up as a captain, is it an easy yes on, uh, yeah. on your end? It's, it's, it's perfect. It's, it's right up my end. I'm, I'm here with the team again today um, promoting a new um, uh, captain that is part of the Red Collection. Um, it's a premium scent. Um, it's just without the fancy bottle or the bougie prices. You know, it's a scent for guys like me and you. Where does the chemistry come from with Isaiah? Uh, I guess I just Old Spice. You just got to, I don't know, it's just, you just have it. It's just that instant energy that you got. When the Old Spice guys get around each other, just instant. A couple football questions. What's, what's more difficult, trying to win Dancing with the Stars or flustering Tom Brady? Trying to win dancing with the stars, you know. I'm a pro. I'm a pro football player. You know, that's what I do best. Um, so playing in football games, you know, no matter what the competition is, I still have a chance. Um, dancing with the stars, on the other hand, is different. I love to dance at weddings and in the locker room, also on the football field. But, you know, professional dancing is just not my forte. Is that the key for the Eagles, though, on Sunday? Do you think flustering Tom Brady? Of course, that's the that is the answer to win any game versus Tom Brady. 
Um, but I think the Eagles are built to do it. They have a uh, really good offensive line, really good defensive line, probably the best defense at the National Football League this year. And um, I think that will be just enough to hold Tom Brady off in a late comeback. What's the thrill of winning the Super Bowl like? Uh, you know, it's the last game in the season. Um, success. Um, uh, eternal success. You know, for that year, you know, um, you're champions. And nobody will ever be able to take that away from you. Something that you can share always with your brothers. I'll always be able to go back to 2015 and talk about Super Bowl 50. And it's a uh, wonderful experience that, um, you know, as a pro football player, it's, it's a dream to be able to get there and, and, and accomplish it. There's a lot of talk about Kirk Cousins being your quarterback next year. What about Case Keenum? I like Case, Ke- I like Case Keenum, too. Case Keenum, he's great. He's great. Um, but, you know, they asked me to be GM. They asked my opinion. And if I could pick, you know, I would, I would go with Kirk. That would be my first option. I would go with Kirk. But Case and Sam and all the other guys, they're just as good as well. How hard is it to get to the Super Bowl? I mean, I cover the Vikings on a regular basis. We thought they were going to win the NFC Championship, and they get blown out. It's, it's extremely hard. You know, it's a uh, little bit of uh, talent, skill, knowledge, and luck. Luck is 25% of it. You know, some of the teams that are the best teams in the National Football League, they start out the season, and they're not the best when it comes down to playoff time. And then you, two teams go at it. One team is clearly the better team. And then, you know, a last-second bomb to uh, number 14 that goes for that goes to the end zone, to end the game. You know, things like that happen in the playoffs, so it takes a little bit of luck to get there and win the big dance. As a connoisseur of great pass rushers, how good is Everson Griffin? How good is Daniil Hunter? Oh, yeah, those guys are just as good as the guys on the Eagle squad. Everson's been an elite rusher in this league for, since he got here. Um, they have great corners over there as well. Um, Minnesota's defense is just as good as the Eagles' defense. It's just the Eagles' defense is in, in the big bowl. Maybe after this, how the heck have you guys missed the playoffs two straight years? I don't know. And um, whenever you uh, miss the playoffs two straight years, whenever you go 5-11, and 11, um, there, there, are, there are glaring issues all over the place. Um, I can, the, the thing that I can fix immediately is myself. You know, I, I didn't have the type of year that I'm normally uh, having. 15 sacks, 20 sacks. That's the type of player I am, and I didn't do that. I was halfway there. So the season, what I put forward was halfway decent. And um, that's, the, that's the thing that I can fix immediately, and um, that's what I intend to do this offseason to help out the offensive guys. Von Miller, super personable. I wish he was in the Vikings locker room. Not that the Vikings locker room has a bunch of bad interviews. There's certainly go-to guys, but Von Miller has the gift of gab. He talked about luck being 25% of it. Well, how about the unluckiness of the Atlanta Falcons last year? One of the players who lost that Super Bowl to the New England Patriots lost this year. You speak of being unlucky. The Falcons had the ball deep in the divisional playoff game against Philadelphia. We thought, hey, the Falcons might win this game. Maybe it'll be Falcons-Vikings in the NFC Championship game. But the Eagles held Atlanta without a touchdown. The Eagles win that game. 15-10, 15-10, to 10, a member of the Falcons. He starts for the Falcons. His former Gophers linebacker, Devondre Campbell. He was also at the Mall of America on Thursday. He has a new agent. He has one of the power brokers now as his agent, Drew Rosenhaus. I had a chance to catch up with Devondre Campbell. Devondre, let me just start with you joining Drew Rosenhaus. I mean, when you think of of power brokers, big wigs in the NFL business. I mean, Drew's name is right at the top of that list. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I personally think he's the best in the business right now. Uh, the proof is there. The uh, longevity is there. He's been doing it for a really long time. And I mean, 
we all know how competitive this business is. And in order to be able to do it as long as he has, I mean, you have to have the pedigree. You have to have the right people around you. And, I mean, like I said, the proof is there. So I think it was a really good decision and a move on my behalf. Let me go sequentially. So I'll start with going back to your gopher days. What are some memories that stick out? I mean, to me, it's it's the pick six at the big house. Yeah, man, that was one of my uh, probably the biggest memory because it was a uh, – the, the only time that I did win the jug, you know what I mean? So, and, and to be able to have a a huge, you know, part of the victory, you know, one of the uh, one of the bigger moments in my career, you know, so it, it was pretty huge, man. What are some of the secrets to, to being a fifth-round pick, a later-round pick, yet getting to the point where you are, you know, being a big-time contributor on a really good defense? Um, it's not easy, I will say that. Uh you, you really have to come in with the mindset. Like, I came in with the mindset knowing, like, I was a later-round pick, so uh, I didn't have a, a lot of margin for error, you know what I mean, as, like, a first or a second-round pick. So I just always felt like I had to do more and I had to do extra, and I had to always put myself in a position where it's like, if anything happens, I can live with it because I know I've done everything I can to put myself in position to be successful, you know? Pretty cool that you and Damian Wilson, you know, Damian was also a later round pick. Yeah. You guys are making the. I give him, I give him, uh, I give him trash talk about it. I was like, I was picked 10 picks ahead of you. <laughs> Something like that. I always give him trash talk about it. But pretty but cool that you guys were, you know, right there, same linebacking core, and, yeah. and now you guys are making it, you know, in the NFL. Yeah, that's my brother. Uh, we still keep in contact all the time. I was just talking to him, uh, like, yesterday or the day before. I told him he needed to come out here, man, but he was like, it's too cold out here, so. But, yeah, we still talk a lot. That's like my brother. Have you been over to the new Athletes Village, the new setup the Gophers have with with everything? No, I haven't had the opportunity yet. Um, I'm definitely going to go before I leave, though. Uh, I've had a few guys send me some pictures of it. Uh, They're showing us pretty pretty good love. Uh, They got pictures of me uh, in there, Damian, um, Body, Eric Decker, some of the guys that we have around the league. So uh, it's pretty pretty cool as far as I've seen. You have intimate knowledge of both the Eagles and the Patriots. Mm-hmm. How do you analyze Sunday's game? Uh, I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, you have two completely different teams. Uh, I've had the opportunity to play against both of them this year. Um, with Philly, you're dealing with the physical football team. Um, they have this mindset that uh, – you know what we're going to do, but you have to stop us. Like, they want to run the ball, and if they can, they'll run you out the stadium. You know what I mean? And then you, uh, you're you dealing with the a Patriots, the team, the Golden Boys. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They're going to force you to beat yourself. And uh, you got to be consistent with the team like that. You can't you can't have unforced errors. You have to play consistent. You can't you can't do anything to beat yourself. So I just think the, the key to, to Philly, being consistent, you know, because like the Patriots ain't going to make a lot of mistakes. So it's really just going to come down to that. Being a part of this spectacle this week, does it bring back memories going back a year ago? And, and how much do you think about that loss when you guys were up by so much and New England was able to come back and win? I mean, it was tough to deal with, um, but it was it was uh, an adverse situation where, you know, it was, it was a learning experience. You know, it was something I could take with me for the rest of my life. And if we ever have an opportunity or if I ever, ever, ever have an opportunity to get back, I'll know what it takes to finish the, the job, you know, because I've been there and I've lost. So it was something that I can take with me and apply for future experiences. I hit you with two more. Mm-hmm. 
you played the Vikings in early December. Yep. They had success. I mean, did you think after playing the Vikings that they had a good chance to make it to the Super Bowl? Yeah, uh, they have a, a really good defense, and we know that defense wins championships. And as long as you got a defense, I mean, you just have to have an offense that, that's consistent and doesn't turn the ball over or put you in bad situations. And I thought they had a, a really good football team and a team that was well capable of winning the Super Bowl. But unfortunately, I mean, that didn't happen for them. I mean, but they, they still have a lot of good football left ahead of them. They have a really good coach. They, uh, they have a really good scheme. They're well coached, and they, you know, the sky's the limit for them. You guys have the ball, divisional round, 15 to 10, you're trailing. I mean, even on fourth down, did you think, okay, Julio's going to find a way to bring the ball down? We are going to beat the Eagles? Oh, I always thought we had a chance, you know, like, with our offense on the field, I know how explosive they are. And I know that at, at any given time they can go off. So I had full confidence in Matt, you know, Free, Julio, like all the guys. I just, you know, it, they didn't get it done, but I'll put them in that situation 10 more times if I could. You know what I'm saying? It was a good drive. The Eagles, they just made a play, you know. Former Gophers linebacker Devondre Campbell, starting linebacker, for the Atlanta Falcons. I also had a chance to catch up with St. Paul native, a good buddy of mine. He's been on the podcast before. He's now a sports talk show host in Denver. He is a former Bronco. He won a Super Bowl with the Broncos. He also played with Case Keenum in Houston. He's been with the Chiefs. Ryan Harris has bounced around a bunch. Heck, considering deep down how much he loves the Vikings, I'm surprised he never became a Viking. He tried at one point. There was a workout, but it just never came to fruition. But Ryan Harris... Had one heck of a run in the NFL. Creighton, Darum Hall, then Notre Dame, then on to the NFL. He makes his offseason home in Denver, too, obviously, because he does sports radio hosting in Denver. Although, heck, with technology now, you could be a sports talk show host in Denver, living elsewhere. But he lives there in Denver, but he is happy to be back in the Twin Cities this week, his home. And I had a chance to catch up with him at the Mall of America. You ever seen anything like this? Uh, not in, not in Minnesota. You know, I keep telling people we don't see a lot of strangers in winter here in Minnesota. So it's great to be back home. It's great to see the Mall of America and the city really hosting uh, the Super Bowl so well. You know, playing in Super Bowl 50, going to Houston last year. Minnesota's doing a great job and uh, couldn't be happier for our home state, God's country. All right, so being a native Minnesotan, I mean, you have a lot of friends now in the media. Are you getting good feedback? Is the feedback positive? People enjoying their, their time here? Yeah, people are enjoying their time. They, they are not used to the cold. Hell, man. Doogie, I'm not used to the cold. I walk from the car, what's it, 150 yards in here, and and I'm still, I think I'm frostbite. I got to go see a doctor. Is there a doctor here in Mall of America? But uh, I think people are surprised at how much fun they can have even with it being so cold. And uh, and that's always good to surprise people in a good way. And I think Minnesota's done that from from my guy, my former teammates, and guys who are here uh, for the Super Bowl. Let's not forget about a game on Sunday. What's, What's the thrill of winning a Super Bowl like? It can't be described in words. It's a it's a continual uh, a burn of joy, right? I mean, there's a spike in excitement because you are you told everybody before that you know about yourself, about your team. People doubted you, and you are the best in the world. And there's nothing like that feeling. And then you'll have teammates like I was just talking with Travis Kelsey at the Chiefs. I turned there. We would have beat you if we played you. Well, that's not what the ring says. I went to the Pittsburgh Steelers after winning with Denver. We should have beat you in that playoff game. And I just hold up my ring and say, "What was that? I couldn't hear you." So. You are undisputed champion of the world, and nothing's better than that as an athlete. 
love wearing that ring. I mean, heck, I was with Greg Jennings a few weeks ago. He goes, no, nah, I don't want to take it out. You know, the potential of losing it. You love wearing that thing, though, don't you? Hey, man, unapologetically champion, man. That's that's what I try and be. And it's fun for me, man, because throughout my career, I had so many. I mean, I've had three back surgeries, a total toe replacement. I had nine surgeries in 10 years. So this wasn't a given for me. And also, too, being black and in a suit, sometimes people hand me dishes. So I got to wear this ring to make sure people don't hand me dishes thinking I'm working there. So, But it's fun, especially here. You know, this is the most wonderful time of the year for me and for a lot of guys who have won the Super Bowl. That's why you see so many guys come back and so many current players still come back to the Super Bowl because there's so much going on and the NFL is one big office building with not a lot of chairs so guys see people that we know we played with we won we lost with and those kind of experiences are fun to relive every time you see each other how much are you enjoying doing a daily radio show I got the best job in the world. I talk sports for three hours every day, you know, and, and I was singing the Skull Vikes song there in Denver to the point where they knew it and were tired of it, and I didn't care. But it's a lot of fun. You know, I, I like, at the end of the day, humanizing and educating people about the sport they love and, and bringing people kind of behind the curtains and letting them know, you know, what the preparation looks like. You know, the Super Bowl week. What, the only normal thing about this week is the bus ride to the stadium on the game day. Everything else is out of whack. You know, the week of preparation before, and then you don't have a game. You get here to Minnesota soda or you get to wherever you're going and there's two nights off rarely do you have two nights off in an entire season outside of a bye week all of a sudden before the biggest game of your life you got two nights off right what do you do with yourself how do you prepare so i mean those kind of things are all different and uh that's what makes winning all the more enjoyable because you overcame adversity and overcame uh, a different type of week to win the same type of football game Maybe after this, how much how much dialogue right now on your radio show is there about Kirk Cousins to Denver? Also, Kirk Cousins presumably will come up here in Minnesota. Well, see, now now you're drawing a line in the sand there, Doogie. But, no, you know, in Denver we feel like, you know, uh, it's when you find out your parents got you the Christmas present you wanted, right? Like you saw it in the, in the, in the closet, right? I can't believe uh, that Washington's letting him go. At the same time, Ale- I played with Alex Smith. He's a top-five quarterback in the NFL. Had a career year in touchdowns and – uh, in yards, over 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, five interceptions. So they got better as well. And Minnesota's the only competition that people in Denver see. And for me, I'm happy either way. Either the Vikings get them or, or the if the Vikings get them, the Broncos then get Case Keenum, former teammate of mine, or Sam Bradford. So there's going to be a quarterback swap one way or another. It's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. That's right. You play with Case in Houston, right? Yeah, and it, the best thing about Case, man, he would come in the huddle, he'd call the play on a TV timeout, hey, zero out, scat, two Dover on one. And he'd come back in, by the way, guys, I'm having the time of my life playing with you. And you'd be like, man, you feel like you're in varsity blues or something. You know, he just inspired, you know, the players around him. And I think that's what you saw this season with what he was able to do. Did you see at all the possibility of him playing at that level? this year? Absolutely. I know how Case prepares. I know how talented Case is. I mean, he is one of the most prolific passers in NCAA history. He's seen every type of defense there is. He's played against many of the type of, many of the cornerbacks and safeties and defenses that are in the NFL. He's played through multiple different offenses, so he knows what works for him. He knows what a coach is asking him to do, and he knows how to motivate his fellow players. You got those kind of things working together, you got a successful team. It's easy to tell why Ryan Harris has a daily talk show. He is so so good St. Paul's own here's what you may have missed on a recent purple podcast it's going to be close it's going to be a grinded out fest between two of these quarterbacks going up against great defenses and all of us Judd were wrong it was not a grind fest it was not close it was the Philadelphia Eagles throwing the football all over the Minnesota Vikings in a scenario that I don't think anyone across the NFL 
saw coming. 38-7 to defeat for the Vikings, and uh, among the scenarios I saw was certainly the potential for a very close and entertaining and a good game uh, that could have gone to either team. I saw a scenario where I said to myself, you know what, this Vikings offense has been pretty good. There's a chance that the Vikings could blow out Philadelphia. I don't think that will happen, but it wouldn't shock me. Matthew, the only scenario that I honestly didn't think could happen was that the Eagles would blow out, would destroy, would embarrass the, the Vikings, and that's exactly what they did. You can find the Purple Podcast on iTunes, Podcast One, or 1500ESPN.com's podcast page. I'll finish my string of conversations from the mall. Actually, this one was at XL Energy Center on Monday with the opening night festivities. I caught up with longtime voice of the Eagles, Merrill Reese. He's been the voice of the Eagles since 1977. Merrill, put into words what, what the Eagles being here in the Super Bowl means for, for the city of Philadelphia, for, for Eagles Nation. It means everything. These are great fans. These are fans that are so passionate. They've come out through thick and thin and thin and thin. And they've come out in the bad weather. They've come out for years. And this has been their dream. So I am so happy for Eagles fans everywhere. For me, it's a great thrill. It's a privilege to be the voice of the team. And especially excited to be here to broadcast Super Bowl 52. But more than anything else, I'm happy for the fans. It seems like it's a good group of guys. I mean, whether it's Chris Long down to Carson Wentz. I mean, can you put into words what what sort of group this is? They're a great group. There's not a guy in the locker room that you wouldn't feel comfortable going over and speaking with. One of the nicest guys who I hadn't met before this season is Garrett Blunt. He's upbeat. He's funny. He's just a great, great guy. Of course, you can't find a bad guy in this locker room. And here's the thing. Nobody comes off the field upset that they weren't targeted enough. No running back comes off and complains, oh, he didn't have enough carries. As long as the scoreboard shows the Eagles on top, they're all happy. And that's the play it's been from the very beginning of the season. I cover the Vikings. I mean, did you foresee at all that embarrassment? I mean, a lot of people thought Philadelphia would win. I don't think anybody thought they would win by 31 points. Yeah, I had that one pegged. I said it's going to be a very tight, low-scoring game, and somebody will probably win 17-14. That's what I thought. I mean, it was shocking, wasn't it? Very much so. But you know what? Once the ball started rolling and i've heard coaches talk about that you're never as good as you think you are and you're never as bad as you think you are here's that mushrooming effect and once patrick robinson took that interception in for the touchdown and the eagles made a few more plays then it was the the ball was rolling the vikings couldn't do anything to stop it and then nick Foles had the game of his life but the vikings are a very very good football team and who knows next year they could be wherever the site of the Super Bowl is. They're a great team. So uh, with, a, with a great coaching staff, a wonderful cast of players, but that just happened to be the Eagles' night. Do you believe in, in this Team of Destiny thing, that the way they won that Atlanta game, then they go through Minnesota the way they did, that they're destined to win on Sunday? I don't think there's such a thing as destined. I think if they play well, they have a good chance to win. If they turn the football over the time against Atlanta, they had two turnovers early. Do that against the Patriots, they have no chance to win. So if they play well, if Nick Foles continues to connect on third downs, he's not going to have 140 quarterback rating, I promise you that. But if he plays good, solid football, if the defense, if Fletcher Cox and Timmy Jernigan 
can crash the offensive line of the Patriots and put a lot of pressure on Tom Brady. They're not going to sack him much because that never happens. But if they cause him to release the ball early and they rattle the Patriots physically, if they really get after them physically and get into a real tough game, they have a shot. I'll tell you this. If they get the lead, Doug Peterson is not going to take his foot off the pedal. They could be up 28 to whatever, 28 to 3, and he's going to be want to be up 35 to 3. He won't put, take his foot off the pedal until the result, until the win is a fait complete. I'll leave you with this. Bo Allen, backup defensive lineman, but he rotates in pretty good. I mean, he's playing 40, 45% of the snaps. He's a local guy. Have you gotten to know him? Do you enjoy watching Bo Allen play? Oh, I enjoy talking to Bo Allen. I enjoy hanging around Bo Allen and doing a show with Bo Allen. He is a great young man, and what you pointed out is the fact that this is a deep team. It's been resilient. It's made up for all those injuries. I mean, imagine a team that lost its best offensive lineman, Jason Peters, its best linebacker, Jordan Hicks, its best utility back, Darren Sproles, its best special teamer, Chris Maragos, its kicker, Caleb Surges, and ultimately its MVP, Carson Wentz, and here we are at the Super Bowl. The voice of the Eagles, Merrill Reese, since 1977. What a gentleman, a very, very nice man. That was a fun conversation. All right, I'll empty out my notebook in no particular order. Let me start with the Wolves. Got a tip from a good NBA source that the Wolves have had some recent trade talk with New Orleans. Now, I'll remind you with the trade deadline next Thursday, the Wolves will be on the phone a lot. Most trades talked about never happen. Here's what we also know. Heck, Glenn Taylor on one of the Scoop podcasts mentioned he personally tried to recruit Dante Cunningham to the Wolves. Dante ultimately chose New Orleans instead of the Wolves, but just my opinion. I don't have this nailed down. The one thing I feel confident in saying is the Wolves have talked to New Orleans about a trade. I can just tell you, looking at New Orleans roster, Dante Cunningham is somebody that intrigues the Wolves. So keep an eye potentially on those two teams. When it comes to buyout candidates, no Tony Allen steam yet. And I'm led to believe that the Tony Allen talk in the summer was a bit overstated. Maybe that changes, but as I sit here and record this on Thursday afternoon, the 1st of February, there is no sense at this moment that the Wolves have a bunch of interest in Tony Allen. There's a bunch of teams chasing Greg Monroe. The Wolves are not one of those teams. Shabazz Muhammad has a new agent. He's been going back and forth on a bunch of different agents over the last year, but he recently signed with Happy Walters and Happy Walters Company. Happy Walters is a prominent name in the NBA agent business. Dave Yeager is Minnesota-based or has Minnesota roots, Minnesota-raised. He is the head coach of the Sacramento Kings. He was Flip's guy. Who knows if Flip was still alive? Maybe Dave Yeager is the Wolves coach. Anyway, I went back and forth with somebody close to Dave. He fainted or he went down to a knee at a game the other day. He felt lightheaded. He had to leave the game. Anyway, checking with somebody that is close to Dave Here's what I was told. He is good. Thanks for asking. All his test results were good. Pretty much a case of probably not eating enough that day, combined with getting out of his chair quickly while starting to yell too hard, too fast, just not enough oxygen to the head for a brief moment. Many coaches have shared it has happened to them in the past. But bottom line, the great news is Dave Yeager is A-OK. 
on the Vikings front. I saw a note on StarTribune.com that Eagles quarterbacks coach, his name is John Filippo, doesn't necessarily have interest in the Vikings offensive coordinator job. I am told that is false. Now, no guarantees that John Filippo gets the Vikings offensive coordinator job. I hear that Kevin Stefanski interviewed well last week at Mike Zimmer's ranch in Kentucky by the Cincinnati airport. So maybe Stefanski gets the job. Maybe Daryl Bevel gets the job. I would be surprised if Dan Campbell or Sean Ryan gets the job. But I can tell you, John Filippo is very much on the Vikings' radar. He has interest in the Vikings' offensive coordinator job. Obviously, he's busy this week with the Eagles. He is a name the Vikings will look to interview Next week, the Vikings move into their new Egan home on March 1st. What else do I have here? The Vikings over the next three weeks will go personnel meetings for a week, then draft meetings for a week, then unrestricted free agent meetings for a week. That will feed right into the combine. So when they get to Indianapolis here in a handful of weeks, they will have a great plan on how they will attack this off season. On Gophers basketball, don't look for Amir Coffey to be back on Saturday. The game at Michigan, the right shoulder injury is still bothering him, frankly. He's a tough guy, tough kid, tough family, I can tell you that much. He should have never come back for those couple games that he did. What, the Ohio State game and the Northwestern game. He should have never come back. He wasn't able to practice. He played all sorts of minutes in the Northwestern game. What was it, like 32 minutes? Yet he's not even practicing. But don't look for Amir Coffee on the court Saturday in Ann Arbor against the Michigan Wolverines. On the Twins front, there is zero traction on a deal with Kyle Gibson. I'll continue to say they have the new guy doing the arbitration stuff. It's no longer Rob Antony. It's Daniel Adler. Hey, this would give Adler a chance to see this thing through. The Twins haven't been to an arbitration hearing since 2006 with Kyle Loesch, so this would be pretty rare. But at this point, there is no momentum whatsoever on a deal for Kyle Gibson in 2018. You think about upcoming years with Miguel Sano, Byron Buxton, Max Kepler, J.O. Barrios, others, other big names where the Twins might have to go to a hearing. This would give the Twins some experience when it comes to getting to a hearing. So we'll wait and see if it actually does get to a hearing, but I can just tell you right now as I record this, there is zero traction on the Twins getting a deal done with Kyle Gibson. The Twins have not been told they are out on you, Darvish. I get it. All the signs point to him wanting to be elsewhere. Now the Twins could offer the most years, the most money. He might say, hey, that's just too good a deal to turn down. We'll wait and see on that. But I can tell you the Twins have not been told as of Thursday morning, the 1st of February, that they are out of the U Darvish sweepstakes. That being said, they are maintaining pretty regular dialogue with Alex Cobb's camp. They've had enough dialogue with Lance Lynn's camp, even Jake Arietta, although I don't see Jake Arietta here, but certainly Alex Cobb is a name to watch. You think about the Josh Kulk connection now. Josh Kulk used to work in the Rays front office. He is now in the Twins front office. The Twins still have some interest in Mike Napoli and some other hitters, but pitching remains the priority. The Twins were not in on Peter Borges. He signed a minor league deal with the Cubs. The Twins do not have interest in a reunion with J.R. Graham. The Yankees let go the reliever the other day. Matt Albers, a free agent reliever, pretty good reliever last year for Washington, signed this week with Milwaukee. He was a rare reliever. The Twins were never in on. The Twins never even made a phone call the entire winter on Matt Albers. Zeke Naji, junior forward for Hopkins, is back on the basketball court after missing three weeks with an ankle injury. He has a Gophers offer, so the Gophers want him. Baylor and Wisconsin coaches were in recently to watch him. Tyrell Terry, DeLaSalle junior point guard, had 47 in a game the other day. 
there is a sense that eventually the Gophers will extend him an offer. They've watched him enough. He's been a guest of the Gophers at Williams Arena enough. There is mutual admiration, but the Gophers have not extended him an offer. But I would say be patient, Gophers fans. There is a sense that the Gophers will eventually make an offer to the De La Salle point guard. Richard Pitino and Ben Johnson went to watch Matthew Hurt on Saturday. It was a last-minute trip. The Hurt family didn't even know about those two coming until like an hour or two before tip-off. But it's always good when Richard Pitino can get in front of Matthew Hurt. Former Gophers quarterback Adam Weber, the Moundsview native, is still on the job hunt. He doesn't have anything going right this second. What else do I have written down? Thoughts and prayers with Bud Grant's family. His son Bruce is not doing so well. There is a GoFundMe page set up. For Bruce Grant. Skoll Marketing brings you the Scoop Podcast. They are a business-to-business marketing agency. They specialize in working with local small businesses. They are a locally owned company started by two former Google employees to take the little guys to that next level. They work with businesses in web development, pay-per-click advertising, social media management, and so much more. Let's make Google work for you if you are a small business owner, check out their website. Maybe they can help you even if you're not a small business owner. It's skullmarketing.com or call now to schedule your free 30-minute consultation. The phone number, 612-787-SKOLL. 612-787-SKOLL. The website, again, is skullmarketing.com. I'm looking at my notes. If there's anything else to get in, the Justin Patton injury from Wednesday night isn't thought to be serious it's a bruise but hey it's the same foot get operated on in the summer anything else i wrote down i meant to check on some wild stuff and i never got to it that's what happens with super bowl week it's been heck it's been a fun ride even going back to right after the vikings miracle win against the saints covering nfc championship week then super bowl week you know the super bowl festivities but i'll tell you what i can't wait until next week when You know, in my line of work, things return to some level of normalcy. That will do it for Scoop Podcast episode 125. I don't think there's anything else pertinent that I need to get in. If I have to, I'll tweet it out, KSTP on Twitter. But I feel like, you know, 44 minutes is a good stopping point for a podcast. I feel like, really, ultimately, I should go like 30 to 35 minutes. So we went a bit longer than I aimed for, but I wanted to get all those conversations in. Appreciate you listening. That does it for Scoop Podcast episode 125.